Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. Chris and I have been having this conversation ongoing for the last six months or so that we were talking about. We revisited it again last week, and I was like, this is such a good conversation. It's like so thought-provoking. So we wanted, I was like, let's bring it to the podcast. Um, And this is a different kind of episode in the fact that it's just like some thoughts and ideas we've been having, not necessarily like any outcome based <laughs> anything that we want to share with you, but it's just like maybe thought provoking more than anything. Yeah. And the, the conversation is around what kind of car you drive and the quality of the car. And what does that say or what does it not say? Or is it, is it important to drive a really nice car? Does it matter what kind of car you drive? And I think where this has started for us, you know, with, with me having my own business and at times showing up to meetings with clients, right? Like how much does it matter what car I drive or what car I don't drive and what a client thinks or doesn't think. And, and I would say when we lived in Gilbert, you know, we drove nice cars. Like I, Melissa at one time had a, you know, a brand new Nissan Armada SUV. She loved that SUV of all the SUVs. I had a new Chevy, like Z71, like sweet truck with a lift and really nice tires. And then we moved to Hawaii, we sold everything. And then we moved out to Hawaii in our main mode of transportation for a while. Very first car we bought was like a 2014, 13. 12, I think. No, 2011. Was it 11? Gray Honda Odyssey. Minivan. That was a little bit beat up on the outside, but ran great, decent miles. And we never thought once about it. Because if you haven't heard us yet, like we've talked about, how one of the things that was so refreshing on the North Shore of Hawaii was... Which we lived there for the year 2021, if you're listening for the first time. Yeah. And it was just eye-opening right away that material possessions aren't the focus in a good way. Like, it's just no one cares what kind of car you drive, what kind of home you live in, what kind of clothes you wear. Everyone's wearing board shorts and flip-flops and swimsuits. And just the focus is how do we get to the beach? And do we have a vehicle that we can pile surfboards on and, and that we don't mind getting sand everywhere? And so this van was perfect for that. And I never once thought about the kind of car I drove or the kind of car I didn't drive. I never once had anything around. Yeah, I just never thought about it. It really felt really freeing. Never felt pressure around it. And then when we when we decided to come back to the mainland for the first time, we were going to be here for about a month. It was last summer. And at the time, for whatever reason, rental car prices were crazy. Like Like, we were, like a... Like six or seven thousand dollars, we were going to pay to rent a van for for a month. Yeah, I think like rental companies had sold off all their inventory during COVID, and it was just yeah, a weird time. And we really were starting to see that we could use a second vehicle on the island, so we just bought another minivan that was nicer. 2018 white Honda Odyssey. 2015, mm-hmm. sorry, leather seats, <laughs> <laughs> DVD player. And so, because we were going to road trip all summer on 
from Arizona to Utah. And so I, so I was like, yeah, let's get something comfortable with a DVD player and then we'll ship it back to Hawaii. And that is ultimately going to be cheaper than renting a car here. And we were, we were able to find car a car cheaper on the mainland than in Hawaii. So it all worked yeah. out. And the cost of shipping was less than the cost of renting. So it was great. And this was going to be our nice car on the island. Like, so we, we continued. And so my main mode of transportation became the 2011 gray Honda Odyssey. And it was kind of our beach car. And then Melissa's van was the nicer car. And that was just our life. We also bought a 1964 single cab VW bus that was just more of like a beach cruiser that was super awesome. But it also was kind of rusted and just... And so when we decided to move back to the mainland, to Arizona, it was confronting in a lot of ways. Like it was confronting to go to our storage unit and just see all the stuff we'd accumulated. And for me, I actually felt guilty. I was like, why do I need all this stuff? I didn't need it in Hawaii. And then, you know, we shipped, we did, we we sold the gray Honda Odyssey. Yeah. The 2011 we sold. Which actually honestly made me a little bit sad to sell it. I was like, this is my car, (laughs) which I'd have never thought about that. I'd be sad that my selling a main mode of transportation was a beat up 2011 old minivan. minivan. We shipped the Honda Odyssey back. The 2015 one. And then I was going to go buy, I don't know, I don't know what I was going to buy. But I didn't feel compelled to go buy this super nice, you know, truck. I knew I wanted the truck again because I was going to get, start buying horses again, start roping a little bit. Well, because we had just been telling ourselves the whole time we lived in Hawaii that it really doesn't matter. Like the car you drive doesn't matter. And we weren't like trying to talk ourselves into it. We really started to believe like, no, it doesn't matter. Like I could care less what I drive as long as it gets me to and from. That was just like our focus. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll get like a nicer truck, whatever. And then when I got... When we got back and moved to my hometown, my dad was talking about buying a new truck for himself, which I really wanted him to because I think he totally deserves it and he can. And so I was like really encouraging him to. And and so it just kind of came up like, well, would you want to buy my truck? This is my dad. And it's a 2004 Dodge 2007. Mm-hmm. I'm totally off. On, I'm three <laughs> years off on all of our car dates, either older or newer. It's all good. 2007 yeah. Dodge Cummins. And my dad takes really good care of it, but still it's a 2007 with 150,000 miles on it. It's got some dings, dents, scratches. And I was like, it'll be perfect. It's a Dodge Cummins diesel. I can pull my horse trailer with it. That's all that really matters. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of getting me to and from the beach, now I have something that gets me to and from a roping arena. And my thought was like, I'll drive it for a year and a half. And then it'd be a perfect truck for my boys to drive to high school. Because Tate will be driving next year. It's so weird. Yeah, it is weird. And again, not thinking I'm in, I'm in Hawaii mode, like not thinking a thing about it. And then multiple people kind of start in passing or like hinting or message, like telling me like, so like, is that your only truck you have? <laughs> like, and I, th- and in their minds, I could tell they're kind of doing the math. Like I thought, I'm pretty sure you're like a kind of successful business owner, but you're driving this old truck. Like it just didn't add up for them. And And I was like, oh. Wow, like I think people really care about this, or, or just it's, it's 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 interesting to them. I even had someone tell me like who's become a really good friend. They're like, honestly, I was really impressed with you and like what you knew about business. And then I saw what you drove away the first time we met, and I was like, what is going on? Is this guy really successful? <laughs> it reminds me. <laughs> I don't know if this is okay to bring up of this when Chris and I were first married. Like we were still in our, we lived in an apartment the first six months we were married. Dirt poor. So poor. But didn't know it or care. 
And at one point at church, we had someone approach us that said, hey, I have this business opportunity for you. <laughs> and Which since I've learned translation, it's a, it's going to be a multi-level marketing or network marketing, which there's nothing wrong with multi-level marketing or network marketing, but, but that's we were, what he came. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was like, oh, like, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> really <laughs> and so he came to our apartment and i don't even remember what exactly he was what the business opportunity was but when we when he was leaving well first of all he it was like kind of impressive like how much money he was making and how big this opportunity was and we were like wow and i could tell that melissa was like maybe buying in a little bit more than me i was a little more skeptical and i remember telling her i was like peek out the window and look at what car he's driving <laughs> <laughs> and she was kind of like why? Yeah, so I don't even remember what he was driving, but I remember being like, "Oh, that vehicle does not match the message." Oh, it was a beat up, dented, faded paint color four door little like car that you probably fifteen years old. And I really do remember being like, "Oh yeah, he's not actually successful." <laughs> <laughs> but but we don't know. You know what I mean? He could have been. Yeah. It's just this interesting thing, and so we just we 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 have this discussion all the time, and I don't even know what brought it up. This past weekend, I think I might have just been like, yeah, I'm trying to decide if I care what kind of car I drive. Or if it matters, like when you're trying to earn business or, yeah, you have to go to a client meeting, does it matter? And look, I've seen it matter. I've seen people start conversations or, or that lead to business because of like even the watch someone had on. Like someone sees someone, they're like, if they pay attention to those things, they're like, that's a $50,000 watch or that's a $200,000 watch or that's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or that's a, that's a $120,000 car. Or that's a $200,000 car. Or that's a like, and so it can send a signal. And I also know that there's a lot of people who believe that, that the kind of car you drive. And again, we're using car as the thing. It could be, could be anything, right? The clothing you wear, the watch you wear, the home you live in, the accessories you have, the toys you have. But I've heard a lot of people say, it's not just about the signal it sends to someone else. It's also this interesting idea of the signal it sends to yourself. Like, does it send a signal to yourself of like, wow, like I drive this really nice car. And the reason I drive it is because I am successful, because I do have confidence, because I am accomplished, right? Like, and is it sending a signal that when you drive an older car that isn't nice, is that sending a signal to yourself that isn't useful? Like, I don't deserve a nicer car or, and again, I think some of that is like you have control over your mindset and how you see it either way. But I read this really fascinating book called Alchemy. It was like the, the I can't remember the subtitle of it, but it's a really awesome book about just, it, it's really a book about branding and marketing, the dark art and curious magic. What is the subtitle here? I'll put it in the show notes too. The dark art and curious science of creating magic in brands, business, and life. It's really, it really is a good book. I learned a ton of things from it. But it's like this idea of how do you create magic in um, a brand or in a business and in life. And in the book, it talks a lot about what are we signaling and what kind of signals are we sending with our brand or our business. And one one analogy that I thought was kind of interesting, or not analogy, is a real story about the author was talking about this coffee shop that started in his neighborhood. Coffee shop starts not long after, goes out of business. Second person comes along, starts another coffee shop, exact same location. Doesn't last very long, goes out of business. Third coffee shop comes around. And this time the author's like, Okay, did you not see the two previous coffee shops come and go out of business? And the only thing that this coffee shop changed because the author frequented 
went to the first and second, they put outdoor patio furniture outside. And some people might be thinking, no, that can't be the only thing they did. And he goes on to explain what the outdoor patio furniture did. First of all, it was nice. It was expensive. It had to be hauled out by hand every morning, had to be put up every night. And so in one way, it sent a clear signal that they were even open for business, which you might take for granted because like he's like, when I really think about it, the coffee shop was kind of obscure. It was hard to see. You didn't really know if the sign, that they were open. You couldn't really see the open sign. You're on a faster road, so you would not want to get off to just find out they're closed. So like little things like, oh, we didn't even think to like signal the people that were open. Another thing is subconsciously it signaled that man, they're, they're willing to haul the, all this patio furniture out every morning by hand, haul it back by night. It's nice. I wonder if they apply that same amount of effort to like their coffee. And, and anyways, that third location flourished. And he's like, a lot of people would want to tell you it's, it's about so much more than just that. And, and he's like, and if you would have brought in management consultants or strategists, they would have given you all these reports and data about why the second one didn't work and why the first one didn't work and what would need to happen for the third one to work. And not one of them would have included buy outdoor patio furniture. So the point I took from the book is that we do send signals to people in our life or our business. And just again, this idea of your vehicle can be a signal. And I still don't know where I land on it. Yeah, we're still sitting on the idea. Chris still has the 2007 truck. I still have the 2015 minivan. And we're still trying to decide. We don't have any car payments, which I love that. Which it it is such an interesting thing though. It's like okay, you could have anyone. You never know. Like they could have like such a nice car, but they could be in debt like seventy thousand dollars. You know, for this super nice truck, it doesn't. It's you think it sends a signal, but does does it actually? You know, if if there's like tons of debt on the other side of it, or I don't know, just isn't it isn't really a reliable indicator of anything, honestly. Yeah, but, but what's interesting now that I'm thinking about it, someone recently asked me because I was having the same conversation about. It's like about my truck and they're saying, but are there things that you are willing to spend quite a bit of money on that you do want to have something nice? And it immediately hit me. It's like, oh yeah, like I spent more on my two new horses than I did on my truck. Like I want to have a nice horse and I want it to be a good looking horse. And I want it to like send a signal to people that I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so maybe it's like, maybe we all have those things, but the they're different. It could be one for someone. Yeah. yeah for maybe for someone, it's a vehicle. And they could care less about something else over here or maybe about their horse. (laughs) Yeah. And there's part of me though, that when the few people that have told me they're kind of confronted by the car I drive, I was like, Oh, I kind of like that. (laughs) You like being confronting Uh, in that way. I don't know. Yeah. That just like, cause I could tell they're kind of like, they they really wanted to ask me more like, well, do you care about the car you drive? Do you not care about the car? Are you successful? Are you not successful? And I just kind of liked that it, just leaves them guessing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And I do I do think though there is a temptation at times in your life to maybe scrimp and save and like operate. If, if you're not careful, it can cause you to operate in a scarcity mentality and not think that you're worth more. And, you know, so I know that I think there's a fine line there too. I also though have heard people, and I don't know that I buy into this, but I've heard people say, Oh yeah, though, but like, go get that bigger house and 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 take on that bigger payment because it'll stretch you, and you'll have to show up and perform more in your business or in your career. Go get that bigger car, and it'll send a signal. 
And I can see some of that. Like I can see some of that, you know, like dreaming big and thinking big and being useful and true. And I can see a side of that that's like, but do I have to do that to think big? Yeah, it's just an interesting. Just these are just thoughts swirling. Like we, like I said at the beginning, we haven't decided one way or the other, but it's just interesting to think about where do you, where do you <clears throat> lie with all of it? I also think it's interesting that right now we're we're in the process of designing a home and we've we've hired a an architect and we've hired a, an interior designer to help us and that, which has been super useful. But even, even with the the process of looking at designing a home, it's like, well, how big do we want it? How nice do we want it to be? And, and are we doing that for us? Are we doing that because we want other people to be impressed and we want to send that signal? You know, it's just, it's just an interesting thing when I think, and I think, I think we thought this way a little bit already, but Hawaii definitely, for me at least shaped. And sometimes when I find myself getting carried away, for example, like about the house, how big it needs to be or how nice it needs to be. I don't think it's limiting or scarcity, but I think it's just good for me to remind myself, okay, but the home we lived in in Hawaii was much smaller. It didn't have everything we wanted and we were incredibly happy. And that's not a reason to build a home that you don't want. It's just, I think a good reminder sometimes. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, I mean, I know we've seen it before in family brand. I feel like sometimes more things just lead to, and when I say in family brand, like families that we talk to, more things just lead to sometimes more decisions that have to be made and more considerations that have to be made. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean any more happiness, like you're saying. And I definitely wouldn't want people to take from this that, oh, they're saying like, don't buy nice things or don't buy the ni- a nice car or a nice watch or a nice home. So I don't, cause again, I just share it. Like there's some things that I like, if I'm going to have them, they're going to be nice. Maybe it's more for me as I'm thinking about this is why am I doing it? Like what, what is the motivation behind it? And how much do I care about the signal I send other people versus the signal I send myself? And how much do I just care about what other people think? And I think that a car is like a really easy way to like look at that because it's, yeah. It's so visual. Mm-hmm. Like you're, yeah. And I've, I've actually known, I've known people who will show up to business events and park really far away because they're embarrassed by their car because it's so nice. And I've known people who have parked really far away because they're embarrassed by their car because they don't think it'll be impressive. So it can also like, I, I, I talked to someone recently who was like, yeah, when I got my first Ferrari, like, and I'd show up to our, you know, business meetings, I would never park it where anyone could see me because I didn't want to make other people feel bad. Like he, he was concerned about a different kind of signal. Yeah. Like sending the signal of I'm better than you or look at what I have. And, and his leader actually said, no, park, I want you to park that thing right up front and I want valet to bring it out to you. Cause I, <laughs> I actually want it to inspire people to see what could be possible in this business. It's just so interesting. Like this, this whole idea of just things right and and the signals they send and why we why we make the decisions we make and what motivates it yes yeah, so maybe look at again i'd go back to the car just because it is such an easy one like do you love do you love your car the car you chose why did you choose it why do you continue to choose it i actually think that's a really what you just said it sounds so simple but so profound maybe it's not about what car you drive or don't drive it's like do you love it and you might say no i hate it but I'm not in a position to like maybe do something yet. Well then let that be motivation. Or you might be like, Oh, I love my car. And it's not the nicest. Like, I remember you, you know, you had that brand new 
SUV. And on the on the like all things you know from the outside looking in, beautiful, super awesome. And for certain reasons, you're like, Kevin, I just I want my minivan back. It's so much easier. It's so much more convenient. I could fit so much more. And so for different reasons, you loved the minivan. Yeah, I had it for one year. <clears throat> I went back to the minivan because our kids were little in and out of car seats and there was no storage in the back. And I was like, I the convenience like wins over this for sure. Yeah. So maybe, maybe even with the truck I'm driving now, maybe it's not about, is it nice or is it not nice? Is it impressive? Is it not? It's, it's like, do you love driving that truck? Right. So I hope this is useful. I hope, I hope this serves you in some way, if nothing else, just to, uh, yeah, just to think like, and again, maybe it's not the car for you, but yeah, what's important to us and why do we, why do we make decisions around our appearance and the signals that we send? Thank you so much for listening to the family brand podcast to say, thank you. We have something really awesome. We'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple. And we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life and in your family. One last thing. We feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.